So it was uh, 10 years ago on this Sunday, the last Sunday of January 2012, that I first preached from this platform. A A decade is gone just like that, especially when you're experiencing the outworking of God's call to a mission where you follow God's call, you get life and, and life to the full. I mean, it's really awesome. Now, I've told you the story of this weekend over and over again, and part of the reason I tell it over and over is because of how God supernaturally intervened in my life to get me here. And, and yeah, let me just tell you a little bit of that story one more time. The interim lead pastor of Fort City at that time was Terry Young, a, a former lead pastor of First Lions Church in Calgary. It was Terry who got a prompting from God that I might be the guy to come and and be Fort City's next pastor. So he sent me a beautiful put-together profile of the city and the church and what they were looking for in a pastor. I tell you, it was one beautiful PDF brochure with all the glowing stats about Boomtown Fort McMurray. 2011, when I got that PDF into 2012, was, was the height of the boom. Optimism was high. Uh, Predictions were that by the mid-2020s, Fort McMurray would have almost 200,000 people living here. A lot of hype, I tell you. Terry called me to tell me why he thought I was the guy. And I was very quick to tell him that I am not the guy. Plus, uh, it was looking like I would be offered the position of dean of one of Canada's best-known seminaries, Briarcrest, outside of uh, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. I had a heart for training men and women for leadership in the church, and and that offer did come. But there was this crazy January weekend at Fort City 10 years ago. When I turned Terry down, uh, about six weeks later, he called again and asked if I would consider playing a a bit of a consulting role with Fort City, working with leadership and walking through how I led my previous church to become an outwardly focused growing church family. I said, heck, yeah, I'd love to go to a trip to a part of Canada I've never been. And and somewhat sarcastically, I said, can I get a tour of where all those ducks died? Some of you will remember that that made national and international news. And Terry said, of course, and I did. And and we checked out that Syncrude pond, and I got to see a huge part of the Suncor operation, and, and I loved what I saw. As it got closer to the consulting weekend, I, I asked about diggers, also known as the oil can. Any of you remember that? I'm sure some of you remember that awesome local icon. Every picture of Fort McMurray in the news back in the day included the oil can with an interview of a couple of guys doing drugs just outside of the oil can. That was my picture of Fort McMurray. And for some reason, Terry didn't take me there. But anyways. But that Sunday, 10 years ago, was awesome. The message I gave was about the adventure of following Jesus with faith and risk. And at the end of the message, there was applause with a few people who even stood up and applauded, like, wow, almost like a standing ovation. Hey, the message wasn't that great. I'd preached it before, actually, to no response. So I began to think that maybe Terry had planted a few people to cheer and applaud at the end of my message. Because I knew that this consulting gig was just a cover-up anyways, a a way to get me to Fort McMurray to try and persuade me to come here. But a board member came to me right after the message. Maybe he was a plant too, but I don't think so. He he said, the congregation is just not normally this responsive. You you do know that the Holy Spirit turned up powerfully this morning, that, that God really used you in a way that I've not seen in a long time, if ever here. And I began to realize that it wasn't Terry or the board who were hoodwinking me. It was the Holy Spirit, that God wanted me to come to Fort McMurray, that God had a unique mission for me to fulfill. 
And it wasn't as Briarcrest, it wasn't at Briarcrest as I had assumed, but it was in this small church in northern Alberta. I have a life verse that I often share with you. This is a scripture that I have hung on to more than any other in my life. I think it's a great scripture for you as well. It's from the wisdom of King Solomon in the book of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So often, I just don't understand what God's up to. I came to Fort McMurray that weekend to have a little fun, to explore part of the country I'd only seen on TV, you know, dead birds and the oil can. And, and yes, I, I wanted to be helpful to this northern church, absolutely. But I had no intention of coming to this church. But God had other ideas that defied my understanding, and I just had to trust him rather than to lean on my own understanding. I, I had to submit to him and let him make my path straight. There's so much more to that story, but I'll leave it there and just say, friends, these 10 years have been the best 10 years of my life and the toughest 10 years of my life, like all at the same time. God knew exactly what he was doing. He wired me and prepared me for this assignment. He supernaturally called me to the mission of Fort City Church. And there's nothing like doing what God has called you to do. There, there is no life like it. It is truly awesome. Let me talk to you about Lucas. And hey, congratulations, Lucas, while being named one of the top 50 under 50 in Fort McMurray. This is an awesome honor. And I, for one, am so proud of you. You deserve it, and you deserve that applause. Okay, let's go back to 2012. Lucas was a young 24-year-old Suncor firefighter. Over the course of the year, I got to know Lucas, saw that God had his hand on his life, that, that he had huge potential as a worship leader, and I got him to preach for the first time, at least under my leadership, on Sunday, November 18th, 2012. Lucas preached on the will of God on that Sunday. I, I, I made him write it out uh, and give it to me so that I could go over it. I got to coach him a bit. And really, it was an awesome message. Eventually, he became the director of worship ministries and not just a, a worship leader as a volunteer. And, and it was obvious to me that God, at some point in time, would move Lucas into full-time ministry. And I never forgot the message he gave on the will of God as I had this sense of what God's will for his life, right? Uh, in 2015, I got him working on getting his ministry credentials with the Christian Missionary Alliance so that he could, even as a volunteer, have the title pastor. And then early in 2018, I, I caught him totally off guard and offered him a full-time position as our pastor of team development. Lucas heard the call, not just from me, God spoke to him, and he took a giant leap of faith, having just become a captain with the Suncor Fire Department. He gave up the security of that career to serve in the wild world of church ministry. And it is a wild world. And Lucas has been awesome. Lucas is on a Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 journey as well. He is trusting God rather than leaning on his own understanding. He's, he's submitting his ways to God who is making his path straight. And I got to say... It is so awesome that our, our city recognizes Lucas, a pastor, as one of the top 50 under 50, and, and I agree. And by the way, I don't think I've ever seen a pastor on those lists before, so I think that makes Lucas extra special, just saying. Now, it, it's real easy for Lucas and myself to talk about having a God-given life mission. We both have a very strong sense of the supernatural calling of God on our lives. 
And a lot of you, you know, look at us and go, yeah, you're a pastor. You're, you're supposed to get a call from God, but me, I, I'm just an ordinary, everyday person who follows Jesus. Guys like me don't get a call from God to be a welder or a heavy equipment operator or a server or a store clerk. But here's what I want to say to you today. You are called of God. It's really no accident that you happen to be in Fort McMurray. You're not here just because of the job you applied for, and you're not part of this church by accident. God does have a very specific mission for you as you live in this city and as you're a part of this church. God wants you to live beyond yourself and even beyond your family. I mean, your family maybe your first responsibility, absolutely, but, but your mission goes beyond your family. So let's unpack the idea of your life mission a bit, full, bit more and, and see how this might be one big issue that you need to figure out so that you can live life to the full. Let's start by stating the obvious that Jesus had a life mission, but it's how he understood his life mission that I want you to see. Here's what Jesus said in his prayer to his Father. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Okay, the main purpose of every follower of Jesus is to bring glory to God. And like Jesus, your purpose is to bring glory to God. That's where we start. So how do I bring glory to God? I bring glory to God by fulfilling my unique God-given purpose. I bring glory to God by completing the work that he gives me to do. And that work is unique to you. Nobody else can do it. It is your life mission. Sadly, so many people uh, go through life not figuring out their life mission. Why God specifically has them on planet earth. H how do you bring glory to God if you don't complete the work that he puts you on earth to do? So let me ask, do you know what your life mission is? Do you know what it is that God wants you to do? You see, a life mission is a description, an explanation, a picture of what I believe God wants to do with my life. Do you have that picture? Let me unpack the idea of a life mission this way with maybe four quick statements. Number one, a life mission defines success for me. It's your personal definition of success. Success is living by your God-given mission. Secondly, a life mission is based on God's purpose for me. Your life mission is really the reason you exist. It's why God put you on this earth. We're not talking about some mere side subject. This is a crucial issue to your life. What in the world am I here for? It's based on God's purpose for you. Thirdly, a life mission expresses how God wired me, how, how God has put me together. It will use your personality, your experiences, your, your spiritual gifts, your abilities, your heart, your passions, all of these things together in combination. Why would God give you gifts and abilities and passions and personalities and not use them? He wouldn't. I mean, that would be a waste. Why would God give you a talent and then give you a life mission that doesn't involve your talent? He wouldn't. It's not good stewardship. Your life mission will fully express who you are. And lastly, a life mission clarifies my roles. You play many different roles in life. In different seasons of your life, you have different roles. You know, student, 
partner, parent, employee, professional, and on and on. Your roles are a part of your life mission. If you are a parent, part of your life mission without any doubt is to raise those kids. Your life mission will include your job. Wherever you are working, God wants to work through you there. But the question is, how do I figure out my life mission? Well, for starters, the Apostle Paul would say to us, don't act thoughtlessly, but try to figure out and do whatever the Lord wants you to do. Now, for the last few weeks, I've given you a homework assignment to get along with God for an hour and ask him to speak to you about what he wants to do in and through you in 2022. Now what I'm going to ask is for you to go a little deeper. Look at yourself a little more deeply and spend a little more time than an hour. And what I want to do is give you four questions to do this with, and you might write these down as, as I go. And these are four questions that I grabbed from Rick Warren. These are four questions that you need to ask yourself. Maybe you need someone else to help you answer these questions. And then what you do is prayerfully listen to God as you do this. Because God wants you to know why on earth he's put you here, you in particular, here and now. So four questions. Again, I'm suggesting you might, not, you might want to write them down or memorize them or something. Number one, who or what am I going to live for? Or in other words, what will be the center of my life? You've got to start with this. You have to have something at the center of your life which everything else builds around. And there are many options. You could center your life around your career, your family, making money, pleasure, becoming popular, well-known. None of these things, though, are going to really last. God made you to center your life around him. God made you to know and love him. Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest command, right? Loving God is the most important thing. And then here's what King Solomon says. Knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. Friends, that's every other kind of understanding. When you understand who God is, then you're going to understand who you are. But until you know God, you're just speculating on your purpose for your life. So, do you know God? Or do you just know about Him? I mean, think about that. Do you know God, like, personally, or you just know about him? The second question you need to ask, what will be the character of my life? What am I going to be? God is far more interested in what you are than what you do. You, you can do lots of things in the will of God, but, but he wants you to become something. Friends, on this side of eternity, he wants you to grow in character. What kind of character am I supposed to develop? God says he made me to become like Christ. The Apostle Paul says from the very beginning of time, God decided that those who came to him should become like his son. So he wants me to learn to think like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to act like Jesus, to live and love like Jesus. What does that look like? Well, the Apostle Paul says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God wants to build those qualities into your life. He wants to make you loving, joyful, peaceful, all those qualities. So how does he do it? He, he does it by putting you in the exact 
opposite situation. Love. How does God teach you to love? Well, it's easy to love people who are lovely, right? But if God's going to teach you about love, he's going to put you around some unlovely people. Joy. Joy is not happiness. Joy is eternal. He'll put you in times of sadness to teach you inner joy. Peace. He puts you on Highway 63 in the blizzard where a lane is blocked because of an accident, right? Patience. He gives you five kids and have them cry all night. You get the idea, right? So you ask, who is the center of my life and what's going to be the character of my life? And then a third thing, what will be the contribution of my life? What am I going to give back? What am I going to do with my God-given talents? You, you weren't put here on earth just to take. You were put here to give. You were put here to make a contribution with your life, to put something into this world to make it a better place. So how do I figure that out? Well, the Apostle Peter says, God has given each of you some special abilities. You realize that? You've got gifts, abilities. Be sure to use them to help other people, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. The Apostle Paul would add, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Our God has got great plans. He's got things that he wants us to do. So, you know, there are really two time, types of people in life. There are givers and there are takers. You can live selfishly or you can live unselfishly. Uh, it's Rick Warren who says, you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. Nobody uh, ever is remembered by what they got out of life, right? They, they build statues to people for what, what they gave in life. So abundant living comes from abundant giving. So are you generous with your time, your money, your talents, your treasure, your resources? What will my contribution be? Okay, this leads to our last question, number four. What will be your life message? You have a life message. God wants to say something to the world through you, and it's unique, and only you can say it based on how God has wired you. That is, the gifts, the personality, the experiences, the passions, the abilities, all these things that he's given to you. And there is one message that God expects all of us to share. He made us all to tell others about him. If I don't tell others about him, then how are they going to know? I mean, how would you have known if someone hadn't told you? God wants us all to share Christ with others. The Apostle Paul says, we're ambassadors for Christ. He also says, life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about God's mighty kindness and love. God says, I want you to tell other people. But how you do that will depend on how God has wired and gifted you. Because each of you listening here or online have been given a unique life message. Some of you have the gift of evangelism, and, and your life message is going to be telling others about Christ, kind of in emphasis. Others of you have the gift of mercy, and, and your life message is going to be a lot about love and compassion. Some of you have the gift of exhortation, and you will give a message of encouragement. Then God's given each of us a different passion. Some of you have a heart for the homeless. Others of you, not so much. Who do you think gave you that 
compassion for the homeless. Some of you have a heart for environmental issues. Others of you, not so much. Some of you have a heart for some other cause. Where do you think you got that heart? God put that passion in you. That becomes a part of your life message. Then you have experiences, good and bad experiences. Our greatest life message comes out of our experiences. And God wants to use those. He doesn't want you to waste those experiences. He wants to give you experiences and, and let that be a part of your life message. Some of you have had experiences that I haven't had, and that qualifies you to minister to some people who I can't minister as well to. I think the best way to kind of sum up all of what Paul is saying here is, this is the Living Bible. Our, our goal is to measure up to God's plan for us. And, and that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? I mean, we're to measure up to God's plan for us. So here's what I want you to do with all of this. A another homework assignment, this time using these four questions, and it might take an hour or a little more, but I want to plead with you to take the time to walk through these four questions on your own and use them as a springboard to develop your own mission statement, uh, a written mission statement as to what God wants to do through your life. I can't think of a more important exercise for you to do than to spend adequate time alone with God, seeking Him for your life mission. Or if you think you know it already, clarifying your life mission. It's not just pastors like Lucas or myself who should be able to tell stories of our call to serve God and, and to live for His glory. This is for all of us. This is for you as well. So let me ask you, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? The writers of the Bible suggest that you center it around Jesus Christ, that you begin working on your character, and you begin looking at the contribution you make based on your wiring, you know, your gifts, your passions, and then going on to discover what is my life message. And just go on and share that the way that God has called you to share it. And figuring these four things out becomes the basis for our life mission. So let me pray for you as we seek God for our life mission and as you take time to figure this out with God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you have a reason, a purpose for each and every one of us here right now to be on earth and to live where we live right now. Help us to hear from you as we evaluate how you have wired us and the passions that you've put on our hearts. Help us to get a clear sense of your calling on our lives, why we live in Fort McMurray and why you've called us to this part of, to, to be a part of Fort City. Help us to get a sense as to why you put us where we work and how you would have us serve as your ambassador at work. May we not only get a clear sense of your calling on our lives, but may we walk by faith and get going with what you've called us to do. All for the glory of the name of Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.